Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to our biblical exhortation and reflection. Today, I'm coming to you live. I I sometimes uh, will tape these uh, reflections early in the morning and uh, prior to going off on a trip or having the various meetings of the day. But this the, today, my schedule allowed me to come to you right at this time. So uh, feel free to uh, send in your questions and comments. I can see them on the, uh, on the screen here. And so let's pray for one another. Let's look at the uh, first reading for today uh, from the book of Genesis. And let's intercede for the nation and for the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we turn to you today with repentance from our sins. We ask you to forgive all the sins we have committed. We renew our sorrow for sins in the past that have been confessed and forgiven. We renew our determination to resist the the lure of sin and the power of temptation. We renew our commitment to live in the joy of your spirit and under the influence of your grace. Bless us, cleanse us as your word tells us completely from our sins and enable us to rejoice in this day living as new creations in Christ. We pray through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. Okay, one of you was saying that uh, you're from Arizona. I will be coming there on the 23rd of this month, because it is the Arizona March for Life. It'll be taking place in Phoenix. I'll look forward to seeing you there. In fact, I'll be speaking on the plaza where we will have some of our silent no more uh, ladies, those that have had abortion and are speaking out about their experience and giving witness to the healing power and mercy of Christ. So we'll be doing that there in uh, Arizona Uh, Just looking ahead, I'll be at that March for Life, State March for Life in Sacramento, California on March the 6th, and then in Hartford, Connecticut on the 22nd, the Connecticut March uh, for Life, 22nd of March. And uh, these are going to be great events, uh, brothers and sisters, where we'll be together. And you know, at the National March for Life, for decades, we've been having the Silent No More gathering and and, uh, also at the West Coast uh, Walk for Life, as we did just a few weeks ago. And it is a powerful aspect, isn't it, of bearing witness against abortion, that those who've actually been through it strike back against it, if you will, and uh, asking forgiveness for their sins and manifesting and sharing with others that it was a lie, it was a deception that got them to the door of that abortion facility. It's not freedom of choice that gets people to the door of the abortion facility. It's deception, it's despair, uh, and uh, and that is... Um, why we're there to counteract that with the hope of the gospel. All right, let's look at the reading for today coming from the um, book of Genesis. When the Lord saw how great was man's wickedness on earth and how no desire that his heart conceived was ever anything but evil, he regretted that he had made man on the earth and his heart was grieved. So the Lord said, I will wipe out from the earth the men whom I have created. And not only the men, but also the beasts and the creeping things and the birds of the air. For I am sorry that I made them. 
But Noah found favor with the Lord. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household. For you alone in this age have I found to be truly just. Of every clean animal, take with you seven pairs, a male and its mate. And of the unclean animals, one pair, a male and its mate. Likewise, of every clean bird of the air, seven pairs, a male and a female. And of all the unclean birds, one pair, a male and a female. Thus you will keep their issue alive over all the earth. Seven days from now, I will bring rain down on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And so I will wipe out from the surface of the earth every moving creature that I have made. Noah did just as the Lord had commanded him. As soon as the seven days were over, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, brothers and sisters, this is a prophecy. This happened, but it was also a prophecy. All the history of the Old Testament is a prophecy of the new. The Old Covenant was put in place to prepare for the new. Put another way, every line of the Old Testament is about Jesus Christ and His salvation. The new is in the old concealed, the old is in the new revealed. The new is in the old contained, the old is in the new explained. This is a saying that helps communicate the same thought that I just said. The Old and the New Testaments. Everything is a preparation for Christ. We saw this the other day when we explained the first three words of the Bible. In the beginning. That means in Jesus Christ. As Paul says to the Colossians, he is the beginning. So today, with this reading about... Well, first of all, notice how sin grieves the heart of God. We're going to see how the building of the ark and the flood foreshadows the salvation we have in Jesus Christ. But, but look first at how the grief of the heart of God to the point of regretting. I mean, the creation of human beings is the culmination of his act of creation. The crowning of it. Making us in his own image, as we reflected the other day. What a, what a glorious thing. And then he has to come to regret it. That is so sad. Sin, in fact, grieves the heart of God. It is primarily an offense against Him. You know, we have to be careful that we don't end up having just a horizontal view of sin. Oh, we're hurting others, we're hurting others, we're hurting others. How many times have you said, you heard people say who don't go to church, oh, but, but I'm a good person, I don't hurt anybody. Well, how about God? Are you grieving the heart of God? Because that's the first question we have to ask. If we want to ask if we're good people, if we want to ask if we're living our religion, if we want to ask are we on the path of salvation, the first question has to do with our relationship with Him. Are we pleasing Him? Or are we grieving Him? The fact that sin grieves Him is one of the top and key lessons of this reading today. Secondly, the waters of the flood. God saves Noah, the just man, 
others that were with him and the animals that they brought on the ark. And we have to focus on what this means for us in Christ. Of course, there are many interesting questions and many people um, will delve into these questions about the details of the ark and the details of the flood. That can be an interesting conversation. And certainly we should you know, feel free to probe every single story in Scripture. But don't lose the main point. This is about our salvation in Christ. And to show that connection, let's go to the first letter of Peter in the New Testament. If you go to chapter 3 and you start with verse 18, let me read a few verses for you. Because St. Peter refers to this event of Noah's Ark. Here's what he says. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water. Baptism which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as, a, as an appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers subjected to him. Okay, so now we have, first of all, in Noah, someone who represents Christ. This is called a type, T-Y-P-E. A type is a person or perhaps an object in the Old Testament that actually represents Jesus Christ revealed in the New Testament. So Noah, amidst all this wickedness and sin which grieved the heart of God, what did the reading today say? Noah, let's go back to it, um, found favor with the Lord. Fast forward ahead, New Testament, Jesus is baptized, comes up out of the water. This is my beloved Son. On Him my favor rests. In Him I am well pleased. A righteous man with whom the Father is pleased. Noah is foreshadowing Christ. The sinless among sinners. Not that Noah was sinless. No person is sinless except for Jesus Christ and his blessed mother was preserved from sin. But everyone else is a sinner, obviously. But, but, but Noah lived a just life, foreshadowing Christ. And then we have the ark itself and the waters of the flood, as Peter describes, foreshadowing baptism. When we're baptized, we're brought into the ark. The water washes away evil. What, what do we believe about baptism? That it washes away the enmity with God in which we are conceived, that lack of God's life, that enmity, the original sin. And if we are baptized at a later age, if we're not baptized as infants, but later in life, any personal sins that we've committed are also washed away by the pouring of that water over our skin 
and the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What's happening here in the passage about Noah and the ark is that the floods come to purify the earth of all the wickedness, all the sin that had been committed and grieved the heart of God. God says, I'm going to use water to wash it away. He didn't have to do it that way. God could have just thought a thought or waved uh, uh, a spiritual hand and gotten rid of the wickedness. But no, he used water because he knew he was going to use water when our Lord Jesus Christ came and said, unless you are baptized with water and the Holy Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. It's a foreshadowing of the baptism that washes our sins away and of the ark, which is the body of Christ, the church. We belong, we're entering into the ark when we enter into the Christian community via baptism. We're entering into a new way of life. We're entering in to a new humanity. And this new humanity, finally, brothers and sisters, is the people of life. We're united with Christ. Christ said, I am the life, the way, the truth, and the life, the bread of life, the resurrection, and the life. I came that they may have life and have it to the full. Christ is life. If we're united with him by baptism, we become the people of life. Noah, the ark, the water. You know, the other time in Scripture where water, well, there are various times, where water is pointing to baptism. You remember some of the instances? Of course, the biggest one is what? The people going through the Red Sea. Remember what happened. It's not The story is not just that the sea opened up and they went through on dry land. Not even the soles of their feet got wet. You know, in the mornings when I go out and open the gates, when I'm here at, at Priest for Life, and hopefully you saw the post that I made, I go, I go out into the garden there. There's a little statue of Jesus. I make a little 45-second pilgrimage each morning. But... Um, but very often from the statue to the second gate that I have to open, I'll walk across the grass. And when I get over to the concrete after walking across the grass, I see the imprints of my, of my uh, shoes on the, on the sidewalk because a little bit of water got on them. Scripture tells us not even that happened to the Israelites when they went through the Red Sea. Not The soles of their feet didn't even get wet. But that isn't the only part of the story to pay attention to. It's what happened next when the waters came back. Don't just think about the waters parting. The waters came back. And what did they do? They drowned the enemy. The enemies, those that were enslaving the people of God, they had come back out and they were chasing after them. At first they were scared because of the plagues and they said, oh, we have to get these people out of here. We're going to, to, to be killed by these plagues. But then they... In the hardness of their heart, because hard hearts always go back to evil, they go back. That's the tendency. Of course, we have to let our hearts be captured by the grace of Christ and be solidified in that grace. But the tendency is always go back, go back, go back to the evil. So they did. And then they went out and ran after those Israelites. Let's go get our slaves back. That's what sin does to you and me, brothers and sisters. We might confess our sins. We might renounce a sinful lifestyle, but it wants us back. 
Remember yesterday, the reading about Cain and Abel? Sin is a demon lurking at the door. Or St. Peter, the devil prowls like a roaring lion. Prowls! He's not content with leaving you alone. He doesn't take no for an answer. When you repent of sin, when you reject him, when you renew the vows of your baptism, when you say, I reject Satan and all his works and all his empty promises, yes, 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 amen, he doesn't take that for an answer. He's going to go on the prowl again. He's going to look for another opportunity. And this is symbolized in the Red Sea story that once those Israelites went through on dry land, Pharaoh and his army said, let's go get them. Notice how, what a, how stupid a hard heart is. Do you ever notice that? You know why I say that? Because look, they just saw before their very eyes the power of God in opening the sea. They didn't think they were going to run up against a problem if they tried to go against that. How stupid. Evil is always stupid. Our enemies are stupid. The ones that are trying to destroy us are stupid. I have the stupidest ones of all, by the way. I've said that many times, and I'll say it again. I don't have the worst enemies. I don't have the most numerous enemies. But boy, have I got the stupidest ones. I'm talking about me personally. I've never seen or imagined such stupidity. But it's symbolized in this biblical account. How stupid do you have to be that you see the sea open up like a wall on both sides and the people of God go marching through and then you're going to go try to get them when the God of the universe just allowed them to go through that Red Sea? But they did it anyway. Oh, they did it. The minions of evil, they're like, they, 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 they follow along. Follow the leader, follow the devil. And in they went. I wonder if a single one of those charioteers, if a single one scratched his head and said, gee, I think this is a bad idea. The water, what we have to pay attention to in that story is that the water drowned the enemy. The water overcame the captives, the, the, the captors, rather, of the people of God. Who are our captors? Sin itself. The power of death. We live in the shadow of death. Satan. We were under the authority of that kingdom when we were at enmity with God. But by being baptized and by renouncing sin and by renouncing Satan, we were transferred from that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Like Jesus said, when he preached that first sermon, you read in Luke's gospel, he took the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he read the prophecy that said, he has come to proclaim liberty to the captives. Jesus Christ's mission to bring liberty to the captives the waters of the Red Sea drowned those who had the people of Israel under captivity. The waters of the flood cleansed the earth of those that were doing wickedness. And so now the waters of baptism cleanse our sins and bring us into that ark, bring us into that promised land, bring us in to heaven itself. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for the grace of baptism. Thank you, Lord, that we belong to a kingdom 
kingdom of truth and life, a kingdom of holiness and grace, a kingdom of justice, love, and peace. Thank you, Lord, that we belong to a kingdom. We can speak what is true. We don't have to wonder what it is or doubt. We don't have to beat around the bush. We can speak the truth directly and clearly and know that it is true. And a kingdom of life, Lord God, where we can say yes to life, where we can defend life when it is under attack, when we can speak up for our youngest brothers and sisters, when some people are calling them non-persons and pretending, pretending that they can be destroyed, that it's okay to destroy them. Thank you, Lord. We belong to a kingdom of life. And as members of this kingdom, we share the kingly power that we ourselves can defeat sin, that we can slay falsehood, that we can overcome even the power of death. Lord, in this stance of uh, victory, in this stance of glory and life, we pray now for the needs of each person who is joining us. We pray for health. We pray for wisdom and guidance. We pray for perseverance and strength. We pray for your spirit of freedom when we are being persecuted. We pray for the strength always to do what is right. We pray for the healing, Lord, of those who have had abortions. We pray for the strength of those who speak up for life around our world. And we pray now in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. So I see comments here, and I noticed one of you saying that on this day, back in 1988, you had an abortion. So we want to include you in our prayers in a particular way, and uh, in... Um, Thanksgiving for God's forgiveness and the healing uh, that I'm sure he is giving to you. And uh, we renew our commitment as a ministry to be serving people like you all across the world who are suffering the, the lifelong wound of an abortion. Thanks for, for speaking up uh, about that and sharing it. And uh, I hope you're already connected with our Silent No More campaign, otherwise silentnomore.com where you can find uh, the community of people who well understand what you have been through because they have been through it themselves. We pray for you, for all of you, for a happy Valentine's Day. Uh, it's a good day to reflect, isn't it, on the meaning of love and how we have to pray and work for a restoration in our society of the, the ability to... The ability to understand and live properly our human sexuality it's so messed up in our world today it's been under such attack we can't 
We can't deal with it. We don't, we don't know how to deal with it. We've forgotten what it is, what it's for, how we live it. Uh, we just completely screwed it up, completely. And uh, uh, only the grace of God and, and the intervention of uh, Jesus Christ himself can, can, can fix this. But this is what the church is supposed to be doing every day, is witnessing to God's teaching on human sexuality. So Valentine's Day... Yeah, it's a good uh, it's a good opportunity to reflect on that too and recommit ourselves to showing the world the beauty of God's plan for human sexuality and God's plan for human life. So thanks friends for joining me live this morning. Uh, join me tonight for our Praying for America program and being that this is Tuesday tonight we also have our End Abortion US program that Janet and I do. That'll be coming up at 9 p.m. So 8 p.m. is the Praying for America, 9 p.m. and Abortion US. Meanwhile, of course, our usual 3 p.m. rosary. You know, share these videos as you're watching them. You help us increase our audience by what you do with the sharing, with the commenting, with the uh, uh, subscribing and getting the notifications and all the different things that you can help to do to spread our work online. Thanks for doing it. And God bless you all. May the Lord Jesus bless us and give us his grace and protection in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.